Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss falling in love. Primarily, what are the 10 most fundamental things that happens to a person when they see someone, and you hear this term, love at first sight. What are some of the things that happens? Let's talk about this. Well, the first one is, of course, a physical attraction. This is the first thing that gets our attention. Now, what happens when this occurs? In a way, it's like in your head, you're saying, this is what I've been looking for, or this is what I've been waiting for, or this person is more like my type. In other words, the reason why that person's attractive to you is because there's a familiarity that you have in your view in general of another partner and this person may fill in the blanks for that view in your mind's eye of course now the one thing that you can do at this point envisioning your partnership with this person. Now, women do this a lot. Fellas, this is one of the reasons why that woman that makes her decision in 30 seconds whether or not she's going to be with you or not is based on this. Because, see, that familiarity she has of attraction to you is like visiting an old friend. And therefore, when she doesn't really find you attractive or handsome she can't identify with you you're like a stranger because see your attraction to her is reminiscent of something that she has had in her head now women are attracted not just to one guy but different types of guys but there's usually a familiar pattern of guys that she's attracted to you fall within one of those patterns of men that she finds attractive. Now, what happens, her dopamine kicks in. Smile prevails. And what may happen at this point, her behavior may modify. So, for instance, she may not be one of these people that um, smiles a lot. But for some reason, she's smiling towards you. She's speaking, she's nodding. Other men have passed her by. She's ignored. Now, this is what separates you from the rest of the other men. So you guys that are going trying to make this woman like you and she's already seen you and she's not interested, 
it's because of the fact that she's already saw through you. She's not interested. You're not within that group of attractive men as she sees it in her head. There's a reason why she's already filtered you out of consideration. Most women won't tell you. He's too short. He has a receding hairline. His sideburn connects to his beard and his beard connects to the hair on his neck. Things like this. She's not going to say it. But she's going to let you know accordingly that you're not the one for her. Now, she may have a fantasy beyond the moment. This means you have appealed to her in a way just on your very presence. So she is now putting towards you some thoughts about, let me see what this guy's about. Because see, the fantasy in her head is just about ready to take place with her envisioning you potentially with her. And she may do a try on, like women sometimes try on clothing just to see how it fits. Or she may be doing that with you. I wonder what it would be like if we were at the beach together or on a date together. And it's not going to be something necessarily sexual. She's trying to see and envision the two of you together, maybe on a date, maybe doing something casual at this point. Now, this is going to just run through her head because these things go through their heads at milliseconds in some cases. But it happens. Not with all women, but with some. I told you we don't use the word all here. Now, the one thing that she's not going to really do up front with someone like this that's really striking her appeal, she's not going to be so readily concerned about grabbing those boundaries. A guy approaches her who she's not attracted to, her boundaries are up. The guy that she's really interested in, she's smiling, she could envision herself with him. She's not concerned about her boundaries just yet. What she wants to see first is to see how you guys interact. So her guard is down a bit. Not all the way down where she can't protect herself, but down low enough where you guys won't have a problem. Think of it like this. She's going to a football game and she's in the car and she has a window roll up. She's in line, waiting behind other people for the parking. Well, a bum comes to her window and knocks on the window. Mm -mm. She's not rolling that window down. She drives on. And what she'll see is maybe a handsome guy standing there telling people where they would park. Oh, she's going to roll a window down for him. Several reasons. He's confident because he has a job. He's standing there giving direction, leadership. He's not asking for her anything. And not only that, he's also someone that she feels protected by. 
Oh, ma'am, you could park over there. Out of any of those qualities, would she find in that guy that's knocking on her window asking her for money? Of course not. And this is an extreme depiction, but this is the way some women look at men. Guys, when she turns you down, more than likely you're that bum that's tapping on her window asking for 10 cents. And the guy she's interested in is the guy who's guiding the people towards the parking space. Best way I can put it. All right. The other thing that we have to look at, she has a bias at this point of the potential of the relationship potentially working. Now, one thing about a woman, internally, she may be ready to go with this man, may be ready to sleep with him, wrap her legs around his face and let him eat her out, whatever it takes. But the one thing she's not going to do is show it. She's not going to be that anxious. Now, there's some women who will, like my friend Charmaine. But there, other, <laughs> but there are other women who are a little bit more disciplined, and they won't. But at this point, she kind of sees herself where she has this bias towards him and towards the relationship potentially working. Now, what this means is that if some other guy tries to come up and punk him out of her, he doesn't stand a chance. She will assert herself and say, no, I'm talking here with this gentleman. You need to go away. I'm not interested in anything you say. You're rude. You're invading space. Because now the way she sees it, her bias for a potential relationship to work is tilted towards the guy that she's made the connection with at least the physical attraction with. And that's where she's at. Nothing's wrong with this lady, ladies, if I'm describing you, because, hey, this came from you females. I've asked many ladies about this. Now, a sense of emotional fulfillment is reached to a degree, not where she's fully talking about marriage and love and all of that, but where she has emotional comfort. So she's talking to the guy and he's saying the things that are kind of in sync with the way she's feeling and thinking. So at this point, she doesn't feel threatened. She doesn't feel like she's in a hostile situation. She doesn't feel as though she has to try to measure up to him. eye-to-eye contact, communication, he's considerate, he's listening. All of these things are taking her down the path of liking this guy. Now, some women get tunnel vision at this point. And she's not focusing on anybody else but him. There are others that are going to be a little bit more reserved. It depends on the woman. No two women are the same. They're all different in various capacities, especially when it comes down to emotions. But he's got a few things going for him. She's biased towards him, which means she has a preference for him over anyone else. He's going to get more of her attention. She's going to be more observant of him 
and the way he behaves, the way he treats her, all these things are going to factor in. So, from that, what that means primarily is that as she sees it, to a large degree, is his situation a blow. And this is what happens. Now, the other thing that takes place, a little bit of anxious anticipation. She's a little nervous, but she's hoping this goes through because here's the thing. She's also nervous on the receiving end of this, wondering whether or not she's doing everything adequately and is okay. As I told you, when it comes to men and women, inadequacy is a big issue. For men, it's performance. For women, it's the way they look. Some men try to be slick and judge a woman on the way she thinks. But usually those are the people who are trying to control her. Calling her stupid, calling her dumb, that kind of thing. All right. The other thing to keep in mind. They're a little bit more relaxed on their skepticism at this point. Well, they didn't like the guy because he had the beard that was connected to his sideburns, that was connected to the hair on his neck. This guy doesn't have any of those features. So her skepticism is kind of put at rest because her bias has kicked in. The things she likes, the things that she's familiar with in her dreams, fantasies, and desires. Now, he's not meeting all of the milestones, but he's meeting the majority of them. Enough of them to keep her interest. So, in many ways, she's satisfied at this point. Now, a lot of things happen at this point that you don't realize, ladies, subconsciously. One, you're proud that you made a decent decision that made you feel better, because you, at least on the surface, you've chosen a decent guy that you're comfortable with and someone that you can envision yourself in a relationship with. You might even be a little moist between your thighs because of it. It depends and nothing's wrong with that. But you're going to take your time with it because you don't want to blow it either. But what happens? Most often, Men are the one to blow it over you. So there'll be some anxiety there, but it'll be that good anxiety. Maybe you get nervous, crack a joke or two, kind of lighten up the conversation a bit. And as you're talking to this person, you're finding them to become more interesting, more engaging in the conversation. So in this way, this is playing into your narrative between the two of you. All right, the next thing we start looking at, you're not thinking about a commitment right now. 
But what you are thinking of is the fact that I wonder what it would be like if he was committed to me. You're just trying to pair shoes on to see how they fit without telling. Now guys, let me tell you something. When a woman asks you for a commitment and it's not based on any kind of dire sex or anything like that or she needs a place or any kind of emergency, she's already considered these things before she gets to this point of asking you for a commitment. In other words, you are adequate enough for her without a problem. So there's no need to go in this, that, and the third. And when I say that, you don't have to go into hyper-masculine mode or nothing like that. You can just be yourself. That's what's winning everything over for you with her. The minute you change it up, you fuck it up. All right. Let's go forward here. The other thing that would happen, you're looking for a desire that has to do with your confirmation, your confirmation bias particularly. So the thing you have going on in your head and your heart, ladies, you're hoping this guy measures up at least on many of those things associated with his personality and character. So you guys get involved in a conversation and you realize the depth of this guy's feelings, emotions, listening to you, giving you feedback on things. And so your confirmation bias of saying, I made a good choice because this guy's the one that I was looking for and he had the physical characteristics. I could envision him with me. All of these are emotional things that we're going through here. And so now you're saying, okay, if he only has these qualities, maybe we can work. You find out he does. What's happened now, your confirmation bias has been validated. You're patting yourself on the back emotionally. Damn, I made a good choice in a man this time, potentially. You know you're not out of the woods. But what you have done, you have now created a standard for yourself in the kind of man that you may desire. Now this guy may not be a high value man. He just may, pl- may be a plumber. He may be a guy that parked cars as a valet. But here is the thing that you have at your advantage that a lot of other women don't. You have an idea now of the type of man that attracts you and that has the qualities you're looking for. Now, as you ask those four question categories I told you, So tell me about yourself and your family, your background, without anything you drive, own, or live in. And the guy goes off and just rattles it off to you, and you think, oh, okay, cool. So what drives you? What makes you wake up every day to go to work besides bills? What's your passion? He tells you that. Like, oh, okay, impressive. 
And then he might even add on some of the things that he's doing. Hey, I'm trying to start a music career. I've bought the equipment. I set up a studio at my house. And I do this part-time while I'm working for the company I work for. Okay. He's putting forth effort. And ladies, that's a word that you need to look for when you talk to a man about his purpose, about his goals, his ambition. You want to see effort. Is he buying equipment? Is he going to school? Is he doing something in that direction? And has there been any yields from those efforts? The next thing you need to look for is how long he's been doing it. If he's 42 years old and he's been a rapper ever since he was 18 and he hasn't made it yet, no bueno. He's one of those guys that had everything but blew it. Fellas, this is how they judge you. All women? No. Many women? Yes. All right. The other thing, too, that we have to look at here. We talked about relaxed skepticism, looking for confirmation bias, and here's the other thing that she's going to look for. Affirmation and validation. What do I mean by this in general? She wants it where in some ways she can symbolize that she was successful in getting your attention, keeping it, and possibly having more interactions with you. In other words, second date. Or if you're not even on a date and you meet this person by chance where you're exchanging phone numbers. And what this does, it fosters her enthusiasm and therefore she's going forward. Now, here's the thing. More than likely, she is not going to tell her girlfriends about you just yet because it's still new and you're still trying to fill him out. She's still trying to fill you out, guys. She's not going to really talk about you in a positive way or any kind of way. She might tell her girlfriends, yeah, they'll ask her, well, did you find anybody or whatever? Yeah, I got a guy that uh, we're talking right now and I have to see. Now, she's saying this because, one, she doesn't want to be embarrassed just in case it falls through because it's still in a tentative stage. But, two, the other thing is she wants to alienate her from knowing much about it. The less her friend knows about this relationship, the better off it is for her. People become very probing, wanting to know, wanting to know details, and she's going to be very limited as to what she shares with them. Or at least she should be. So, now you know. So ladies, when you go through those stages, you don't realize it because they're happening so fast. But if you slow them down, that's how it really goes. Now, how did I get this information? From talking to a lady that I used to date and going step by step with her in the process of why she was attracted to me. We stopped at every incremental thing. Because I wondered about that because I'm not the most handsome guy in the world. Not even close. And I was struck by the way she flirted with me, 
the way we progressed in our conversation, how engaging she was. You remember I told you about the first touch rule? Now we had a chance meeting. We didn't go on a date. We were at a mixer and I met her. She was the one that came over to me. And that's how things started. But it was interesting as we went through and then she said, oh my God, she says, that's exactly the way it went down. She says she never thought about it that way. Because see, there are stages, there are milestones that have to be met before that can actually take place. Now, this is not totally falling in love. What this is basically is you're actually building the framework to go down that path. And it starts with physical attraction. Really, it starts before that because many women know what's attractive to them. Like for instance, with me, I'm attracted to women who have angular faces. I'm not attracted to women with rounded faces. They're like my buddies. A woman with an angular face, I don't know why this is. I'm more attracted to them. And once again, the security team is outside arguing with the other dog about whether meaty bone is better than milk bone. It happens. But indeed, this is uh, some of the things that some women actually go through some stages. Now, guys, keep in mind, there are places where you can blow this very easily. Your demeanor, your conversation, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. All right, let's carry on with the conversation. Now, fellas, your demeanor, we want to use active listening. Please stay away from the uh huh, and while you're looking in your phone scrolling, uh huh, yeah, I mm-hmm. know I'm listening, uh huh, mm hmm. No, keep talking, I'm listening, uh huh, mm hmm. Don't do that. Ladies, please don't do that. It's best to end the date if you're not going to participate. If you don't participate in the date, the best thing to do is not procrastinate in the date. Simple. Now, there are certain topics you want to avoid. Let's look at some of them. Now, hopefully before you chose the person that you're on the date with, you've looked over their profile. Now, Many times people will choose people that may be political and that may be on the same page of religion. I would advise you strongly to kind of sidestep those two subjects if you could. Even though you want to talk about them, talk about them a little bit 
later after you've gotten to know each other after the second, third, or fourth date, usually about the third or fourth date. And that way, you build a rapport where the person can respect your views. And they won't feel as though you're trying to preach to them or trying to indoctrinate them. Because some people are very, very sensitive about that. All right, so other things you don't want to talk about. Avoid talking about sex. You want to avoid talking about anything financial. Here's the rule of thumb. We're going to assume that you guys have talked before over the phone, before a meeting. I strongly suggest that you talk to that person over the phone before meeting them through just texting. You don't know how they sound when they speak. And as I told you before, I did that with a lady one time. And when she spoke, it was like someone was taking their nails and running across a chalkboard. So make sure you don't leave yourself open like that. It's not a good look. The other thing that you want to avoid talking about, children, whether you have them or not. Now, they might ask you, yeah, I see that you're a mother. Oh, yes, I'm a mother of three. Oh, so what what are their names? You know what? Um, Why don't we get to know each other a little bit better, and then we can talk about my children later. Ladies, don't tell them how important your kids are, because you'll blow it. Most men know that your kids are very important to you. Don't start talking about your puppies. You can briefly talk about them, but here is the thing. Men look at those things as deflections. We understand that they are close to you, but we don't want the whole conversation to revolve around pets and kids. We're trying to get to know you first. You want to shut it down when he's asking about the kids. Not in a negative way, but yes, I have a son and two daughters. And you'll get a chance to meet them if things materialize. So what are their ages? It's okay. One's nine, the other one's ten, the other one's eleven. Okay. That's as far as it needs to go. You don't need to tell them what school they're going to. None of that information. Because you don't even know if you're dealing with a crazy or not. And if you don't feel like telling them their ages or gender, don't. Just say, well, I have three children, but let's talk about us right now. That's where the conversation should be focused. The other thing you want to avoid. Your living situation. You don't want to talk about that. It's not their business, whether you live alone or whether you live with someone with a roommate. You'll find that out later. You're not going to be rude, but they shouldn't be asking those questions. That's a little bit too probing. And the reason why I say this in particular is because you don't know anything about this person yet. You're still trying to figure them out. It's not that you're paranoid. You're just cautious avoid talking about work so what do you work well you know what I do is I'm a computer technologist I've been doing it for 10 years 
That's really all they need to know. You don't want to get into where you work because then they're going to try to go and Google search and all of this other... mm -mm. No. Because, see, here's the thing that you want to also look at. You want to see how much integrity that other person has. Where what they've told you, I mean, what you've told them measures up to what they're actually... believing in what you're saying. So, for instance, where do you work? Oh, I work at Grum, uh, North of Grumman, blah, 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 blah. Been there 10 years. I'm a senior so-and-so and so-and-so. Don't be surprised that person pulls out their phone and they're checking it out as they're speaking to you. A person who does that They don't trust you. So why are you on a date with them? They can find out things about you in layers. I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, in any way rude or brutal. But what you're doing is you're gradually introducing yourself to that person in regards to those personal things, those identifiers. See, these are the things you want to protect. Just like you protect your own identity, you want to protect these identifiers to a certain point. Now, disclosure of obvious things should be disclosed during your interaction before you go on the date. So if the person has a disability or something like that, they should let you know. They shouldn't just pop up with it and say, hey, you got to accept it or else you're going to make me feel bad and I'm going to make you feel bad. That shouldn't happen. So what do you talk about? The things you're going to focus on. First of all, you know that dating profile that you looked at? You want to talk about some of the things associated with that. Oh, so I see you're into jet skiing. I see you're into this. I see you're into that. And what that's going to do is going to let them know that you pay attention and that you're attentive that's a good sign. That's a good quality. And you could bring up things that you've noticed on their profile and in their bio and those kind of things and what they're looking for. Look, let me tell you something. If they have an area on their profile about what they're looking for, don't be a dumbass and go there on the date and ask them, so what are you looking for? That means you didn't read the profile that person will lose interest in you very quickly because you don't pay attention to detail. A lot of men get sunk with that. And it also implies that you're seeing a lot of other people on that dating site, so you can't focus. So you want to remember just a few things about it. I've even had a woman that pulled up my profile while we were on the date and was asking me questions from it. Some people will do that. Kind of tacky to me, but some people do it. Now, other things you could talk about. You know the four questions I said. So tell me about yourself. And you're finding out now about background, family, uh, that kind of thing, where they're from, things such as, you know, where they used to live, where they grew up, just basic things. Generic things. 
if they are using a nickname, you want to find out what the real name is. The worst thing in the world to do is to be on a date with somebody who has a big nickname like Bubble. And you don't know anything else about them. But you're on a date with them. And God help you if that person's driving. And you get pulled over. <laughs> and they say, well, how do you know this person? I've been knowing Bubba for years. And you find out that Bubba has a criminal record. And find out his real name. Mm -mm. That's the reason why I tell you. Take your own transportation. Have the date on your terms, ladies, in regards to that. Now, also, you could talk about things such as previous conversations you've had on the phone, or you could pick up from there. And you could probably talk about future arrangements for another date. The ambiance of the place you're in. You want to make it where the person doesn't feel as though they're being pressured. Because what you're doing is looking for consistency in what they have written in their profile in comparison to the person that you've met on that date. Is it the same? Or is it something where the person oversold themselves and then you meet them on the profile I mean, meet them in real life, and they're nothing like the profile. They just baited you or catfished you on that date. And if they've done so, you don't need any explanation. Just say, oh, I'm not here to see you. <laughs> I'm here to see whomever that person was that ran that profile. Yeah, but that was my daughter's picture, and I... Mm -mm. I've had women do that. Guys, I'm telling you, no excuses when it comes down to that. That's pure deception. And some of them would think it's okay to do because they feel as though, well, now that I got the person there, I'm going to win them over with my personality. No, you're not. You're going to be left right there. No gray area, no room for lies. Now, if you do catch a person with a discrepancy, compared to what they express to you in the conversations or online, ask for clarification before you call them a liar. It helps you a lot. And if they have a feasible reason, okay, you understand now. Another thing to keep in mind, You want to be yourself. You don't have to be uptight. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be a prosecutor in a Murdoch case. You can just be yourself. Be pleasant. Enjoy the moment. Learn from the person because they're going to tell you some things about them. Use memory milestones. <clears throat> These are things that they may mention that may be of significance to you later. Their favorite color. The flowers they like. Something they may mention that they like within reason. These are ideas for gifts in the future. 
venues for dates. Just make mental notes. Now, after the date, ladies, one thing that will set you apart from other women, especially if you really like the guy, tell him you appreciated it. Thank you for the date. And if you want another date with the guy, just tell him. Well, it looks like next time we'll have to go to someone, someone, so, so. Maybe he mentioned something that he'd like to do. Well, maybe next time we'll go to so and so. Okay, that sounds good. What you're conveying to him is hey, I'm thinking about you too. You thought about me and brought me here. I'm thinking about you and I'm going to see about us going there. Now, Establish up front whether or not you're going Dutch or whatever in the beginning, even for your first date. Usually, guys, you're asking a woman out, you pay for the first date. Now, another thing that I'm going to bring up once again, two areas that guys mess up. One, when you're chatting with a woman online that you're really thinking about going out with, do not send her a dick pic. She doesn't want that shit. She gets enough already. Number two, and this is very important, do not tell a woman ever that you are taken out on a date that you don't have any money or that you lost your wallet after your guys are out there on the date or you forgot your wallet. Too many guys are using that lie. Whether it's true or not, she's voided you, she's done. There was one lady that wrote me. The guy said that he had lost his wallet. But yet, she called him at 1 o'clock. Their date was at 6. She had to pick him up. So, I want you to think about it. He had five hours to find his wallet. He shows up to go out, and he asks her to pay because he supposedly lost his wallet. She paid the bill and drove his ass home and dropped him off and never spoke to him again. And now he's calling her wondering why. So guys, women are not falling for that shit no more. It's been overplayed. Just to let you know. Now, the one thing to remember the last conversation you have with her before you guys meet on your date, she's going to hold you to a lot of things you say on that last phone conversation, more so than anything else you've told her. Because see, what she's going to do is set expectations for you based on what you've told her. Fall short if you want to, you won't get a second date. Don't oversell yourself. Be yourself. More in a moment. All right, let's talk about deal breakers. Some of the most common deal breakers. He doesn't have a car. She, he doesn't have a job. She has children. A person's disabled. These are common deal breakers that won't even work for the first date. 
There are some people who will just discriminate against you based on that. You don't have a house. You don't have this or that. Look, you don't really take that personally when you're being dismissed based on these things you don't have. Especially if you never met the person. This is only their opinion. They don't know you. So they have this sweeping judgment about a lot of people besides yourself. So don't single yourself out as being left out or some in some way put into a group of undesirables. Because it doesn't mean that this person is going to be successful in the person that they find. And you should not want this person anyway because of the fact that they've already told you no without knowing you to tell you no. So why would you want to know this person to tell you no and be told no by the person that you don't know? Stupid. So if they've turned you down based on a sweeping generalization, accept it. Don't try to fight it. And if they come back, remind them of the fact that, hey, no, uh-uh, you turned me down, remember? Let's just leave it at that. And don't let them try to soften you up by saying, oh, you must feel, you must feel bad. I must have hurt your feelings. That's something a child says in a sandbox. Don't take the bait. Leave it as it is. Now, deal breakers. Don't get into debates with someone so quickly. Wait until you get to know them for that so that they will have some sort of redemptive value in the event you prove them wrong or they prove you wrong where you could have that redemptive value. Because some people, once they drop the mic on you, they feel as though you're less than they are and that's the way the relationship will progress from then on. Don't do that. The other thing, stay away from talking about exes. A lot of you divorced women who are now just getting out on the dating scene, you talk about this a lot. And here's the thing. When a man is talking to you and letting you talk about your ex, he's trying to see how much damage has been done to you. And that's how he makes his assessment as to whether or not there'll be a second date. Don't overwhelm him with it. Guys, same thing with you about women. Women you've dated and married, got burned by, you don't want to see all your skeletons in the closet. The other thing, religion. Be very careful about that subject. Some people may take it to heart. Other people may be against it. You know what's funny? I went out with that woman who was an atheist. Gone out with many atheists. They plenty of them. And this particular woman talked about more religion than anything else. And I kept trying to bring the subject back to us. And she's talking about those Christians, those this. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not hitting you over the head with that. You're bringing it to that level of conversation. By the way, this woman was a devout Christian and went to become an atheist. She was still dealing with the turmoil of her decision. I wasn't going to deal with that. Now, that's a problem. Politics, be very careful about that. Be very careful about it. Because just because you're in the same political party or have the same views, you may have different perspectives that could lead to an argument that could really make things uh, very, very 
combative and it doesn't have to be. You don't want a bellicose type of situation. All right, let's move on. Watch your current events that you talk about. There could be some sensitivities there. So if there's a cult that's out there and somebody goes and kills themselves, they'll be quick to say something and find out it was her cousin or her brother. It's okay to view your perspective about, man, that was horrible. I wouldn't have done that. But watch about going in on people because sometimes that can backfire. Rare, but it can backfire. The other thing, make sure that it's a bi-directional communication where the two of you are talking and you're not hogging up the space and she's not hogging up the space or both of you are not in a dick measuring competition to see who can outdo the other. Mm -mm. You don't need it. Be careful about conspiracy theories. Guaranteed deal breaker. I went out with a woman one night and she said she was abducted by aliens. I thought she was bullshitting. I was laughing. She didn't think it was funny. I didn't realize until she started telling me about how she had been in a couple of uh, psychiatric institutions and I started to realize, okay. The other thing, judgments. Be very careful not to be judgmental. Because a lot of people are in relationships to get away from people who are going to criticize. They're looking for an ally, somebody to support them, as opposed to someone that's going to tear them down. That includes physical appearance, you know, things like that. Now, the X factor. Some people may put that on a person too soon. Maybe the first date, second date. Won't be an X factor on the first date that will blow it for you. Hey, I'm thankful that um, you know we were able to get together. I got to make sure that you know no, got to be in a place where there are no cops because I got a felony warrant for my arrest. That's an X factor that would definitely not get you a second date. Any kind of thing that will impact the relationship immediately that that person's not aware of, that you have knowledge of and they don't, is an X factor. I took the lady out on a date. She insisted on driving her car. We got pulled over by the police department. She got arrested. Had all kind of bench warrants, outstanding tickets in a glove box. And they towed the car and the cops gave me a ride home. Be careful. Some of you ladies may be driving with a guy who has suspended license or no license at all with the little bullshit thing they tell you on TikTok. These so-called natural law people will say, oh, you don't need a driver's license. Yes, the hell you do. If cars were not invented, natural natural law would probably have a chance. If countries weren't established, natural law would stand a chance. 
but it doesn't. There was a lady that was on TikTok that was driving through Mississippi, and one of the police officers stopped her and asked her for a driver's license. I don't need to have a driver's license. Why do I have to drive, have a driver's license? I wasn't born with one. She tried to run that shit on her. Well, they politely hauled her out of the car, put her in the back seat, took her on to jail. Meanwhile, her car got towed, and she's still babbling about she was an independent person. Yep. So watch yourself on that. Definite deal breaker for you guys driving around like that. Now, with this X Factor, this includes things such as legal issues, medical issues, financial issues, familial issues. Now, the reason why I say this in particular is because a lot of people will take that X Factor component and hold that out as long as they can. That's what most people do when they approach it. This is not a good look. Because what happens under these circumstances is that the person feels as though they've been duped, lied to, deceived, and as far as the trust and integrity of the relationship, it is gone from that person's perspective. You've ruined it. So in order to avoid the ruination of it, you don't. You don't get involved. You don't do it. Tell them up front whatever they're going to be exposed to. Or really, it's best to take care of it before you deal with them. So if you got a warrant coming up or you got a court date and you go on a first date with the person, you're like, well, you know, if they let me, if the judge lets me go, we could have a second date. You're not ready to date yet. You haven't taken care of your obligations. Take care of your obligations first. Because you're wasting another person's life and time. Your time is no important than, no more important than anybody else's. But I'm saying, why waste theirs? These are some of the things that will assist you on the way. Being late for dates, constantly. Person will tolerate that for a short period of time. And if you're dating someone from Europe, like from Germany, the punctuality is a big thing. A very big thing. Good way to be canceled. So, when it comes down to familial issues, let me tell you what I'm talking about. There was a lady that a friend of mine took out on a date. And she was the family workhorse, to put it mildly. Everything that had to do with anything that had to be done in the family had to go through her. Not that she was the boss. She was a mule in the family. She went on a date with this guy, and at the end of the date, she said, could I ask a favor of you? I said, what's that? Can we stop by the grocery store? Well, at first she said, I just got to pick up a couple of items for tomorrow. Nope. She had two baskets full of groceries. 
What she was charged with doing was going and buying groceries for the family. Now this woman had food stamps and she was short. And of course my friend had to give her an extra, I think 40 or 50 bucks to finish paying it out. And he thought it was a one-off and she said she'd pay him back later, etc., etc. They went on a second date. Second date, he had to go to the store prior to that day because he was going to do the cooking at home for her. And he told me, he said, man, you know, I went to the store. I was only going to spend 40 bucks. He said, don't you know I spent $400? I said, on what? She needs to buy food. I said, well, you went to the grocery store with her only a month ago. He's like, yeah. And her food stamps didn't come and she needed food. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking it's just her and maybe her kids. This woman had her mom, her dad, a whole bunch of people there. And he was subsidizing. So she needed soap, toilet tissue, all the basics, toothpaste, toothbrush. And he had to buy in large quantities. Well, it was killing him at one of these regular stores, grocery stores. I said, you got to probably go somewhere like Sam's Club or Costco. And he said, man, you know, I'm not ready for this. I said, well, you need to talk to her about it. And oh, she love bombed him with a whole bunch of sex and everything and talked about how they were going to be together. But what was happening? The family was using her to use him. And eventually he got wise, broke up with her. And of course she hit him with the whole pitiful thing about how she couldn't live without him, et cetera, et cetera. Credit was ruined because she was living her life normally till her family made her feel guilty. And it got to the point where she had to take care of her grandparents. She had to take care of mom and dad because everybody in her family felt entitled. There was only two people in the whole household working. Her and her father. That was it. She couldn't go back to school. Didn't have the time and resources. She had to take care of her own kids. It was a mess. So, you don't ever want to come out like that. It could be overwhelming. My boy tried, but he couldn't hang. And I told him, I said, don't feel bad about this shit. It was not your responsibility. And yet she tells him, oh, you didn't love me anyway. I said, that's your consolation prize. She was going to hit you with that because she didn't get what she wanted. What she wanted was a blank check. And the way she was looking at it, if my family's using me, I'm going to use you. So, folks, this is why you want to be vigilant and observant about things like this, especially in the initial stages of the relationship. 
once you're more familiarized with what's going on, it makes it much easier for you to coexist in it. More in a moment. All right, now let's talk about annoyances. In order to close this out, we're going to talk about annoyances. Now, a lot of times, the sexual solution isn't out for some people. The sexual solution is something that people may come up with early in a relationship when they realize that they've been found out or that something isn't going right or the person has deceived, omitted, lied, or whatever. They don't want to lose the relationship with the person. So what they will do is fast forward sexual activity as a stopgap. Now, sex may be used to say, I'm sorry. Take for instance, you had a dispute, you found out something about them, you found out they lied about something. They will use that as a token or some sort of gift of uh, an olive branch, basically. Now, please understand, both of you, men and women, if a person uses sex in this manner, nine times out of ten, they've been accustomed to doing it in past relationships. So this has been well rehearsed. This is not something that's new. It's not something that's special for you. It's not something that you should just go and cherish as to say, oh, well, I'm special because... At least she did that. She capitulated and maybe made me feel better because of the fact that she said she was sorry in a sexual way. For her, that could be standard operating procedure and it's your first time with her, so therefore it's new to you and good to you. All right, a diversion. As I told you before, this has happened to me numerous times. Monica and I had a dispute one night, and I never forget. I turned around, and when I turned around, this woman was butt naked, standing in front of me with her hands on her hips and her legs spread, talking about, so you're just going to stand there and argue with a naked woman. I couldn't say shit, because I'd ooh, ooh, I never forget that day, and she had those tan lines. But what I am saying, fellas... <laughs> Sometimes women will do that. They will use that as a way to more or less say, let's table it until later on. Now, that works as a temporary band-aid, but not as a medication that will heal that problem. Please put that under your hat and think about it. Because the purpose of that particular move is just to divert from some of the tension that's built up between the two of you. All right. The other one. Repayment in kind. This is not so foreign to some people. What this means primarily is that if I borrow money from you or you do something for me, if I can't pay you back, I'll fuck you back. That's what it's saying. Now, I want you to understand one thing, fellas. If a woman starts doing this with you, it's going to be standard operating procedure. In other words, she gets money from you 
to buy things she wants and she gives you some tired ass sex in exchange. That's gonna get old after a while because of course, if you're gonna pay money to sleep with a woman, at least you have better choices if you're out there with a prostitute because you can choose different prostitutes. You're stuck with the same woman doing that. So, make sure you don't fall into that situation. And some women do it as a little joke with their husband. Oh, honey, if you redo the kitchen, you could have anal. I'll give you oral. How long is that going to last? After you bust a nut, you still got to deal with the fact that you're still going to be short of money. Made you feel good for a second or two. But we have to be practical. So, what I'm getting at, some women will substitute sex for responsibility and accountability. Some women will use that as a means of getting out of situations. All right. Other thing that we have to look at. Fake versions. Now, many men find this insulting when a woman says she's been celibate for 12 years. If you've had kids already, ladies, don't say no dumb shit like that. I mean, it may be impressive to you, but to us men, <laughs> we're laughing. Seriously. Every man I told about this could not take a woman seriously for saying it. Because see, from our perspective, what we see is a woman who had fun, a guy who had some prime pussy when you were younger, finer without the kids and everything, and he tore your ass up back then, now all of a sudden, you want to go and be a little sanctimonious. And of course, there are some of you that have rebirths, want to find yourselves again because you've given yourself to the wrong guys. We get it. I tell you folks all the time, you better be doing as much fucking as you can because when you get old, <laughs> shit's going to get complicated. But one thing to keep in mind, ladies, you can just be yourselves. A lot of women will say they've been celibate for so many years in order to get the attention of a man. Like she has pent-up demand and she's ready to go. But she has to give an announcement to let the men know. I'm here, I'm ready. Well, we could be with virgins or other women who don't say that. That's no big thing. Because, see, it's just like that they're using a used car approach. I've only got 50,000 miles on this pussy. It's been off the road now for the last 12 years. And, of course, I hate to tell you, ladies, to bust your bubble. Most men don't believe you've been celibate that long. We just don't. We don't. 
Don't even try to play it. I had a friend of mine. There was this guy that was really into her, but she wasn't into him at all. And, of course, she chumped him out. He became a 3 o'clock guy, a gopher. And he worked at Paramount Studios at the time. And he'd get tickets to different movies and stuff like that and shows. And he would just shower her with these things. Oh, and she loved them. would take other men out with her. Hell, she and I even went out to a few movies together on his nickel. I didn't know it at the time. Felt sorry for him after I found out. But he was trying so hard. And then she and I got intimate a couple of times, but nothing where it's going to be a relationship. We were just trying to see how it would be if we were. Oh, and it was damn good. But we knew that it was uh, something that wasn't feasible. Because, of course, she hit me with, you know, you're my friend. You know too much about me. Well, yeah, that's true. And she ran that game. But I wasn't attached, so it didn't bother me. But here was the thing that got me the most. What got me the most was this. I heard her sit there and lie to this man, this gopher of hers, and tell him she hadn't had sex in three years. And it was only a couple of weeks after I'd blown her back out. But she's going to say that. And I started to say something, but I said, now, nah, you know what? Mm-mm. Not even worth it, because he wouldn't believe me even if I told him. Which I wasn't going to tell him, but he wouldn't have believed me. Because she was on that pedestal. She could do no wrong. She could do no wrong. Well, later on, I went to her wedding. I think it was about a year and a half after we were together. She had met a guy, got married. Her little gopher was brokenhearted, didn't know what to do. He was so happy he was invited to the wedding. Danced his ass off on the damn reception. Well, her marriage didn't last but about like four years, four or five years. He cheated on her. And she became one of those bitter women that said that all men cheat. And yet, that dude was still trying to sleep with her. Don't know if he ever did. But he was always there for her, no matter what. Trying to wear her down. And that's another thing, guys. If a woman says that you had to grow on her or you wore her down, that meant that she wasn't even thinking about your ass. You're like, like the ninth choice. You're just like, you're like the last draft. You're the third day of the draft at 4.30 in the afternoon. First day of the draft for you folks is April 27th of this year. Goes through the 28th. And then through the 29th, ends on the 29th, April 29th, next month. So what this means, fellas, for those of you who are in that friend zone of sorts, she's put your ass on the third day of the draft at 4 o'clock. Nope, didn't make the first round, didn't make the second round. Ooh, you way down the list. 
and he's still hanging in there. And she's still debating whether or not she's going to use you or not. Now, friends and lingering exes. These are also concerns. Now, she may have an ex that's like lingering around in the background a little bit too close and too much. Guys, let me tell you something. If you're dating a lady and people are acting funny like in her apartment complex where she lives, especially if it's a guy, he's always coming over, being nice and friendly and offering them, be careful. Because some of these women will sleep with their neighbors. Oh, and they put all kinds of things in your head. Well, you know, this relationship's not going to last with her because, you know, her last boyfriend did this or that. How the hell do you know? Just saying. Most women do not sleep around where they live. They don't eat and shit in the same place. Some do. Most don't. Friends. They could be messy. And they could be good, too. If her friend lies on you, or if her friend wants to know too much information about you, or wants to know your phone number, and she asks you for it, or asks her for it, or she's calling you, and your girlfriend unwisely gave her the phone number, some guys will say, oh, that's a test. Not necessarily. She might be trying to go for you. And her girlfriend doesn't realize, your woman that you're dating, doesn't realize that she's coming at you at that angle. Because she's blinded by the trust she has for them. Don't put yourself in that predicament. Just let her know up front. I've had this happen to me plenty of times. Well, what do you see in my friend? She's a nice woman. Hmm. You think I'm a nice woman? Probably. I don't know you. Well, you could get to know me. Hmm. How is that? Well, you can treat me like you treat her. I said, no, you don't want me to do that. Oh, yeah. I don't see why not. I said, so it'd be okay if I bent you over and butt fuck you right now. Of course, I just said that to be facetious with her. And of course, she was like, no, that's all right. <laughs> but I knew it wasn't going to work because, see, her friends had too much of a window into her life. Which meant that she had a front row seat in that relationship. Because she shared everything with her. Ladies, you already know about that type of friend. The more you share, the more you should care. That's the only thing I could tell you on that. But you know most of this stuff. But there's some that never experienced it, so this is the reason why I share it. That's the reason why I don't say, well, you guys don't know about this, some shit like that, like they do on TikTok. 
stuff that they Googled five minutes ago. You don't know about this. Shit, you didn't know about it until you Googled it, you dumb bastard. <laughs> Much easier now to armchair quarterback than it was back then. Because back then you had to actually go to a library and actually look things up and read books, and it was a pain in the ass. But you don't have those problems now as much. Everything's at your fingertips. But folks, I just wanted to point out these four main things to understand when you're first starting into a relationship with someone. I want the guys to understand some of the processes that women go through when it comes down to getting to that point of selecting you. We also wanted to look at some of the deal breakers, some of the challenges that you may face some of the pitfalls you need to look out of, look out for, look out of. And also, how sex can be used in certain ways early in the relationship that may not work to your best interest or even theirs to a certain extent. I want you to take care and we'll speak with you on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.